This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Do you ever feel like Christmas has been hijacked? Santa got in the car, kicked Jesus out, and was like, rolling, 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 and took, and just took it. By all the commercialism and those who want to replace Merry Christmas with Happy Holidays or Season's Greetings. You okay? This is not what Christmas is all about. Some want to pull down every manger scene and tell us why our favorite Christmas traditions are wrong. It's like a carjacking, but like of our religion. Isn't it time somebody spoke up? This Christmas season, join Kirk Cameron in his new movie, Saving Christmas. Join me and my family, and together, let's put Christ back into Christmas. Dive headfirst into all of the joy, the dancing, the celebration, the feasting, the imagination, and traditions that glorify the true reason for the season. Saving Christmas in theaters for two weeks only beginning November 14th. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. More information available at savingchristmas.com. Choosing to be hopeful on this uh, beautiful hump day Wednesday. Weekend just around the corner. Good morning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a hopeful day today. It is. On, on all platforms, on radio, television, the Blaze, uh, the, the Blaze uh, website, Blaze TV. Glenn's got a great show lined up for 5 o'clock tonight. We, we, of course, have a hopeful, great show lined up for you right now. Yeah, including uh, tonight. Um, uh, let's first of all start with the rest of the network. Uh, for the record, is is going on tonight, uh, and for the record, a lot of times. I mean, it's it's the you know, I, for my money, the best uh, show like this on television, where it goes into uh, in the real inner workings of important things that are happening in the world. A, a lot I of times, by, those, by far. Yeah. I think by I think far so. it's the best I, show on TV. Yeah, for the for this. Yeah, and so I, other than ours. I, well, yeah, ours although it's not the same type of thing. We don't try to do that, but we would not be good at it. We have no. a budget of eleven dollars. Um, <laughs> Plus, I don't have the giblets to go up to people and and put a microphone in their face and accuse them of stuff. Uh, no, no, you know? we are wusses, uh, and we have no money, um, and we're not talented or skilled. But outside of that, the show's pretty good. Um, so, uh, for the record, however, has all of those things. Talented people, uh, budgets that, uh, that are more than the, they just let us roll the cameras from the other side of the room. Uh, things like that. And it's a really, uh, it's, a, it's an interesting show. A lot of times, though, it's kind of negative because you're, saying, you're sitting here, okay, hey, the government is spending $900 billion on crack uh, for uh, Jeffy, you know, you find, and it's like a story like that. You don't, you no, don't that's, like. but that's a positive story to Jeffy. <laughs> no, Jeffy right. likes that. Uh, fan likes of that stimulus package. Yeah, <laughs> <I'll tell you laughs> that. <laughs> that would even stimulate your uh, you. I would think nine hundred billion dollars of crack. Uh, but tonight is a little bit different. Uh, they're doing something on uh, unlikely heroes, and they are a really interesting organization uh, that kind of does something. Sort of similar to Operation uh, Underground Railroad, uh, Operation Rescue, the organization we talked about. When it talk, comes to uh, uh, child slavery, There's pre- watch a preview of this episode coming up tonight for the record. 
While more than a million children are trafficked each year, Erica measures success one child at a time. One of the most powerful moments I've ever had was um, on our first rescue mission in 2011. Um, the girls, when we got them out, they were walking down the road to freedom. It was um, their first time leaving the brothels, and uh, we got them to the home, and we sat them down, and I was just drinking some juice with them. And one of the girls just looked at me, and she started crying, and she said, we didn't know anyone was coming for us. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, I, I think what makes Erica Grieve so effective is she really, she loves the girls more than she hates the perpetrators. I don't think she hates the perpetrators at all, but love is the strongest force on the planet. Love is stronger than hate. Erica has a passion for people, and she's a really good friend without even trying, you know? like. Even when she's exhausted and has been traveling the world and living out of a suitcase and putting her life in danger and picking up the phone to try to get, you know, congressmen involved, trying to get laws passed, trying to get girls rescued and trying to do all this stuff, she's the type of person who will still call you and say, what do you need? How can I help you? Goodbye. You're beautiful. So it, it is, you know, with her unassuming nature uh, and she doesn't have the backing of government she doesn't go in with guns and you know and and you know military personnel but it, it's almost as if there's something to her humility and the way that she goes in that makes her even more powerful on the ground this home is going to become a home of safety refuge and restoration I want to go beyond love because a lot of people love what they do but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's what they were called to do. When someone operates directly in the seat of their passion and their calling, and they're 1,000% committed to it, because that's exactly where they were supposed to have been their entire life, that's when you see amazing things. Okay. Very really cool. cool. For the record, tonight at 8 p.m., uh, Pat, you found some hope in that story with Ture. Yes, there is apparently hope for people named Turay because we only know one other Turay uh, in the world. Mm -hmm. And he's, of course, a, I don't want to say it because it's a day of hope. <laughs> but but uh, this guy provides hope for people named Turay, right? Very much so. You can make something of yourself. Yeah. So don't give up, please. If the, you've only seen like we had the other Turay, <laughs> don't give up hope. The other thing that's interesting here is she doesn't go in with guns or, any, or a military presence at all or any of that. How do they get freed? How do they watch she... for the record tonight at 8 p.m. Yeah, for that answer? I mean, that's a fascinating piece of that puzzle that I'd lo love to know is... Did you say pretty please? Mm. Hey, we'd like you not to do this. Let him go. And they're like, okay. all right. I didn't think of it like that. I mean, if you <laughs> put heard, it that way, okay. I heard there was this one case in, uh, I think it was uh, Madagascar, uh -huh. where she had to triple dog dare them. To oh, release, oh, really? To release the prisoners, yeah. That's serious. And, uh, she was willing to go that far? She was willing to do it. And it I've heard of daring. Mm -hmm. I've heard of dog daring. Mm -hmm. I've heard of double dog daring, mm -hmm. but never in my life 
has a triple dog dare occurred. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can only think <laughs> of one. Can't, and uh, You can't resist a uh, triple dog dare. But uh, that's really cool. And you know, the really sad part of that is, uh, uh, and we found this out from uh, Tim Ballard, too, who, who does yes. Operation Rescue. A lot of times, these kids have been sold by their parents. I mean, yeah. you know, you think, okay, they were stolen from their, kid, their parents, they were kidnapped, and, and in a lot of cases, that's, that is true. But in some of these cases, they were actually sold by their parents, and their parents know about it. It's, I mean, that's the most heart-wrenching of all. Really so is. then where do they go? And obviously, they, they have, have a place for the, the kids when they're out. I thought it was interesting, too, to see uh, Louis Gohmert engaged in the war on women Which, on the panel yeah, with the woman saving the women. Um, interesting. The guy just can't stand women, this guy. And it's another thing we didn't know about Louis. He, yeah, he doesn't representative talk about from Texas, stuff. by the way, in case you don't know him. Uh, one of the best guys out there. I mean, you know, he's, he's fantastic. Guys like him, guys like James Inhofe, who does unbelievable things, and he does unbelievable things on the continent of Africa that nobody knows about. They just don't talk about it. They do it because it's the right thing to do, and they want to do it, and they love people. And then the left turns around and bashes them oh. like haters and racists. Mm -hmm. It's really, really something else. Amazing. Um, but it's a day of hope where uh, people are, are rebuilding and uh, finding hope and finding ways to, to, uh, to grow and develop and uh, excel. And here's another story of a mom who, uh, has, who rebuilt her life. Have you forgiven him? I had to. I had to a long time ago in order for myself to be able to move on mm -hmm. and begin to rebuild a life. Were you always hoping it would change? Were you always hoping it would get better? Or had you reached a point where you knew it never was going to get better? As a victim, part of that control is that you get to a point where your abuser totally does something to totally overpower you. And they also make you believe that it's your fault. They brainwash to believe that we are the problem. Are you proud of the woman you've now become? Yes. Yes. Um, I, am, I am proud. And um, I still, though, feel that I have much to do. I'm on a mission. God laid a lot of things. He laid a path for me. I believe to do what I do, and that is why I speak out. I am um, a voice and will continue to be that voice. Yeah. Now, if you don't recognize her face, this is the woman who, it was a big story at the time. She was filmed uh, by her child being abused by her husband. So her husband told the kid, hey, film this, and then beat the crap out of her. And mm. she now has, as she said, come to the point where she's forgiven her husband. Kid was 13 years old. He was 13 years old. I mean, forced to film his mother uh, being beaten, berated, uh, awful. And she's been able to, to turn that around. I mean, uh, and it's 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 weird because you know we busted on Glenn for the way he started the show, uh, radio show. If he didn't watch it today, because he went into, of course, as Glenn tends to do, very negative negative directions. And we said, what's hopeful about that? But it is part of it. The darkness does create. Uh, the light in a lot of these situations um, and to go down these roads to be able to turn it around I think gives gives you hope if you're just normal schlub with normal problems yeah you know uh, you know we every, every single person on earth complain is complaining about something um, but when you see someone who's gone down these roads and has is able to is able to overcome them you think what the heck am I complaining about? Yeah, think about what kind of life this is. You know what set him off that day when he, when he forced the son, his 13-year-old son, to videotape him beating his, his wife and, 
and the mother of his son. Uh, what set him off was she came into the room and asked him if he wanted lunch. Now, we, would, we love when people ask us uh, if we want lunch. I mean, it's actually the greatest thing. How? That is just, mm. wow. But she's forgiven him. I mean, that had to be a hard thing. They're not She's, still together, right? I, I didn't get that part of the story. They're not. Not? I mean, no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I really think so. hope so. I don't think so. Yeah. You know, can you stay with a guy like that? No. No. You just I, can't. I, I, there's, you a, can't. So, there's certain lines where you just don't. I mean, you know, you hear this from um, people sometimes, and they're in this abusive situation. And it's the third time they've been in this uh, circumstance, and they just, you know, they're so mm-hmm. distraught. And it's, it's. I, it's obviously easy as an outsider to say, why is there a third time? Get out. That, however, while it's easy for an outsider, it's also the correct advice. Sometimes, that's, sometimes the easy thing is the right thing. And while it's not easy to do by any means, it is the basic solution, which is get the hell out of that situation, is actually the right one. Yeah. It's just incredibly difficult to execute when you're in the situation yourself. She is not with the abuser. He is currently in jail. Do we, Good. Do we know what for? This, uh, I hope. Yeah, hopefully this. <laughs> um, he also was a, a chronic speeder. He had a 14 speeding tickets unpaid, so that's why he's in jail. <laughs> the Al Capone syndrome. He got 36, 36 years, years for what he did? Yeah, it's the longest sentence Good. ever given to this kind of domestic violence. Well, and it's one of those things, too. It's the Ray Rice syndrome, right? If there was a story of her being beaten up, uh, it would be bad, and he probably would go to jail for a right. couple of years. I mean, we, we in one of the books, I think it's... Um, I think it's an inconvenient book. It may be Arguing with Idiots. I don't remember which one it was. An older book from Glenn. Uh, it talks about the average sentence for a child molester is something like 18 months. 18 months for a child molester. My so these things happen all the time. In the, and, you know, men wind up with uh, little to no sentence. But when it's on video, the Ray Rice thing kicks Changes in. Changes everything. It's no longer a two-game suspension. It's uh, all the way to the end of the year and maybe forever. Mm-hmm. And, you know... That's a positive of this, right? I mean, at least he's he's paying a severe penalty. One of the really hard things for, for women who've been abused, um, one of the really hard things for them in leaving is where do I go? Yeah. A, a lot of time, a lot of times they believe there's nowhere for them, uh, or they're afraid that if they leave, the guy will find them. Yeah, they've lost hurt or hope. kill them, and they're yeah they've lost hope. Yeah. Well, we went to a fundraiser for a great place here in the Metroplex. And the thing is, they're expanding and they're building, uh, they're, you know, opening up new places. And there's places like this all over the country now. You need to find one. And this one was called uh, Hope's Door. Hope's Door. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Hope's Door is one of those places. Google it. And Google, if you're in that situation, Google places like this because uh, they're all over the country now. And there, there is hope. There are places. There is shelter. You can be safe mm-hmm. and start a new life. I had a moment of so. hope while we were at Hope Store um, when uh, they were auctioning off a Mercedes. And I had bought a raffle ticket for this Mercedes. $100? Yep. $100. To buy a $40,000 Mercedes? It's a nice Mercedes. Really uh, nice. It was nice. And so uh, and, uh, my ticket was number 308, winning ticket 310. <laughs> but I had hope. You did have hope. Almost won the Mercedes. And very, very close. The guy who did win the Mercedes had no hope that he was taking it home that night. <laughs> he oh, did not nice. seem to care. He didn't care. Uh, He's like, okay, number 310, it's so-and-so, Bill Blasey blog. Mm-hmm. Bill Blasey blog mm-hmm. uh, wins a lot of those yeah. uh, things. And Bill got up 
And, and everyone's like, oh, my God. Imagine how crazy you'd be going. You just won I would a have brand been new Mercedes. jumping up and down. Yeah. I would have been whooping and hollering. He gets up. No reaction. Walks over like he's going to get a fork from the, uh, <laughs> yeah. from the buffet table. Yeah. <laughs> you right. talked to him, didn't I you? I forgot a napkin. Yeah. yeah. Afterwards, I, I, I talked to him. And maybe this tempered his enthusiasm a little bit because I said, because he was outside taking photos with the really beautiful Mercedes afterwards. And I said, so are you driving that home tonight? He's like, oh, no. I said, uh, uh, why? You just want it, right? He's like, yeah, I think there's a little matter of taxes. I said, oh, you got to pay those in advance. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah. I mean, but still, you're getting a $40,000 car for you would think you could take that tax yeah. and just plop it on at the end of the year, right? It, well, yeah, it would seem that way. I, and plus, I don't apparently it, not. Yeah, but that's all in that but, particular case. But anyway, yeah, uh, there is hope. You, yeah, you know, at some of these charity fundraisers, you might win a Mercedes. So there's hope there too. Yeah, so that's really cool. Although he didn't, you, well, I, I he didn't won, actually but win, you, but I had hope to you can't win. Pay the taxes there it sits. Well, what you do is you sell it back to the dealership and make a nice, tidy little profit. Yeah. It's typically the way that works. Mm -hmm. um, now, there's another uh, group of teenagers who wanted to start this thing up uh, kind of on the same front, where they wanted to show uh, positivity. They wanted to be hopeful. They started, off, started up a faith-based club called Dare to Believe at uh, their high school in uh, New York. Uh, however, that application was denied. Now, the student, Liz uh, Loverd, a sophomore at the school, claims to have uh, delivered her proposed club to the principal, who reportedly told her that Christian campus groups are illegal, which is weird. I think the opposite is true in the Constitution, mm -hmm. where they guarantee your right to be able to have such things. Yeah. Strangely. Yeah. Uh, the administrator feared that Dare to Believe would cause too much trouble and, de and debate in the community, according to the law firm, which she has now uh, acquired to... Uh, it caused to, too much trouble. Yeah, to put some pressure on. And, of course, you know, look, you got to do this. you got to fight. That's the hope here. Um, and at the school, they probably have a bong club... Uh, they probably have a fight club. Uh, yeah. They probably have a cocaine club. You're, you're ahead of all three of those clubs, aren't you? Right? <laughs> well, I mean, those clubs do exist. We yeah. don't necessarily <laughs> need to talk about it. But the one that's going to cause them the trouble is the Dare to Believe Christian Club. Listen to the description of this, though. If you thought it wasn't harmful, now listen to the description. Oh, okay. Yeah, tell okay. me about it. Life appeared to me as something not worth having or living. Maybe right now teenagers are feeling the same way I did and saying that life has nothing for them and that no one would care if they lived or died. Through Dare to Believe Christian Club, I want students to know that while they're going through these tough times, depression, parents' divorce, self-harm, suicide, anxiety, bully, bullying, Jesus Christ offers them another view of life, a view that is truly beautiful. Oh, my gosh, you don't that want a truly so beautiful view of life. No. That, well, that's just, that's trouble right there. <laughs> yeah. But it's great, first of all, that uh, someone who's a teenager would have the, you know, she's great. She's not doing video games or watching the Kardashians. She's wants, she wants to do this. And when she's put, an obstacle's put in her way, she says, screw it. I'm doing it anyway. I'm going to make sure I push this through because, I don't know, we have a constitutional right to be able to express our uh, religion. And uh, maybe, just maybe, uh, this uh, can be approved by the high school. That, by the way, she pays for through her taxes. Taxes that go to a government that is built to d uh, defend the exact right she's trying to actually utilize. Funny how that works. Triple eight seven two seven back more day of hope. We choose hope on patents too. Normally we would say it's inevitable, but you should be hopeful for more yes. today. Oh yeah, Are you kidding me?
All right, Justice uh, Belfield uh, was a veteran, a veteran uh, 98 years old, too weak to leave his bed. Uh, the Daily Gazette of Schenectady reported that he had worn his uniform every single Veterans Day since he and his wife moved to a nursing home in up, upstate New York several years ago. Mm. Um, now, he, while the, I guess the paper was there, they took this photo, um, which is, you know, it's a, it's a great one. Um, 98 years old he was. Um, unfortunately, um, he passed away uh, one day after this photo was taken. So this is one of the last things he ever did. Uh, a heroic uh, military veteran and, uh, you know, it really stayed with it all the way to the end. And uh, it's, it's just a great, I mean, it's, it, it's just a great freaking photo. Yeah, it is. You know? uh, I mean, the guy fought in the Battle of the Bulge hmm. and was still around until just recently, the, the day after Veterans Day this year. That's, that's pretty amazing. Really cool. And yeah. uh, he obviously kept himself in pretty good shape, too, because he still fit into his uniform. Yeah, that's pretty uh, impressive. I don't fit into things I bought like, last uh, week. No. Um, no. And the Battle of the Bulge, too, that whole, that whole area of World War II where, I mean, really, that was Hitler's last, you know, attempt, right? Like, he's yeah. trying. And the fact that to, to face that sort of, I mean, think of Hitler plus desperation, what the hell must have been going on during yeah. that battle? I mean, that is really, hard. Really, really hard. And um, this guy was apparently just a great guy who, who lit up the hallways of the nursing home, and he'd, he'd walk down the hallways uh, saying, thank you, Jesus, for another day. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a great guy. And that's tough, too, as you get older. Uh, to, you know, things I, happen in your life, and it's hard to keep that attitude. Uh, you know, I, you know, my, my grandfather recently went into... Uh, I don't, he went to he had some health problems and he's in his 80s and he went into a, he was a fireman for 50 years plus mm -hmm. and uh he went to a home work for firemen um and he's having a tough time adjusting like i you know he's been on mm -hmm. his own for a really long time uh, my grandma passed away several years ago so he's you know i mean that's just crushed him honestly and he, you know it's to get to that point where you're you're dealing with something completely new and it's, you know i love him to death but he's changed Frankie? quite a bit yeah you know he's he's yeah he's he's just you know yeah. he's he it's hard for him to find happiness on a daily basis and it's sad you know you know even when you go talk to him and you visit him you know he, he's still great and i love him but yeah i can just tell you know he's still crushed by losing her mm -hmm. and to go into that uh, a place like that and you know and they, so far you know it seems like it's great but to be able to keep that attitude up and keep your positivity is yeah. is, is is really fantastic yeah i mean i'm half this guy's age and I'm already cranky. And he <laughs> was 98 years old in a nursing home. I'm not in a nursing home. I'm in a, a, a nice home of my own with my family still. And I'm already, obviously, nastier than he is. Oh, you're awful. Oh, my gosh. You're absolutely oh my awful. Gosh. You should have seen how you were when we went to, uh, uh, when we went to uh, l uh, lunch the other day. And even, even then, abusive. I was uh, you're abusive. I chose hope. You're, you did and, choose And hope. I was still abusive. You were <laughs> it's true. Uh, so Where's my pancakes? <laughs> Where are they? <laughs> All right. Um, specialist is uh, Justin Clyburn, uh, who told um, a project uh, for the uh, Corporation for Public Broadcasting called Story Corps. Um, Story Corps, as our president. 
yeah. uh, would, would, would say, um, about the uh, friendship he made with two Iraqi boys during his 2005 tour to Baghdad. Uh, he said, once I met uh, these children, I made every day look like something to look forward to. We were about as close to these people who don't speak the same language as we could be. This is the first time I felt like I loved someone who wasn't my family member. Mm. Um, now, a suicide bomber stepped in and uh, I mean, they did what they do. They ruined uh, this relationship, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, but uh, let's watch some of this video. This is uh, you know, talking about you know, how soldiers... And we don't get these stories very often, how soldiers wind up going into these areas and making friends with the locals. Because yeah. while we get all the, the terrorists, we, we understand that there's a lot of that going on. There's a lot of people there that, that understand what we're doing is positive in that region. Uh, let's watch. One day we saw this child walking through the compound. His name was Ali, and he did not want to talk to us. As opposed to a lot of the other Iraqi kids that you encountered. Yes, he was very shy. And the second or third time that I met him, he brought his best friend, Ahmed. And Ahmed was much more outgoing. And so Ali really opened up. And once I met these children, it made every day something I looked forward to. We would play rock, paper, scissors. We would kick around a soccer ball. We were about as close as people that don't speak the same language can be. I had never been really good with children, and this was the first time I felt like I loved someone who wasn't my family member. So this was a cartoon family. I, I, I thought you were talking about a real <laughs> no, group they, of people, but they, it was just a cartoon. No, they just so. there's illustrating Pat the audio, trying to give you those the, the pictures. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. So, okay. how did so we don't have actual footage of when this happened in progress? No, I'm sorry. Huh. So it was about I'm a sorry. real family? It was about a real family. Thank you, Jeffy, yeah. for huh. chiming in with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so how uh, can two kids affect uh, other people and affect uh, the lives of uh, our soldiers? No. Watch. No. One day, Ali showed up, and I could tell something wasn't right. He kept saying, Ahmed, Ahmed, boom. We learned that Ahmed and his mother went to the gas station and a suicide bomber detonated. Ahmed's mother is dead. She died instantly. And Ahmed is in a hospital somewhere. And so other soldiers and I collected what cash we had and gave it to Ali and said, go take this to Ahmed's father. But later, I saw Ali walking up very slow and uh, he sat down on the curb next to my Humvee. He dug a hole in the ground with his fingers. He picked up a rock and put it in the hole, and then he put the dirt back over it, and he just pointed to the ground and said, Ahmed. And I knew that Ahmed was dead. And so I sat on the curb with him, me and Desert Camouflage, carrying an M4 rifle. And him, just a North Baghdad kid, just sat there and cried. I don't know what came of him. That's the nature of war, I suppose. But whenever I see any footage from Baghdad, I'm always kind of looking around, wondering if he's in the frame. It's a great story about our uh, our you know our troops our uh, the the guys over there care 
they care about these people yeah. um, and and they're never portrayed that way or rarely by the left and I get so angry when the, when people like John Kerry uh, say that they terrorize the people of Iraq and Afghanistan and there's no reason for it and they air bomb villages and it, Obama said that and and you know John Kerry has been besmirching our our troops ever since Vietnam and this is what they're really about mm -hmm. these are the kinds of stories and when the war first started we used to see this we used to see a lot more of it we used to see them you know conversing with the Iraqi people and making friends with them and giving them food and candy and all of those kinds of things water and supplies and but now we don't really hear any of that stuff and it's probably more prevalent now because we've been over there for so long. They've probably they've probably ingrained themselves even more into the culture over there than mm -hmm. than they had before. Mm -hmm. So that's it's a great reminder. Yeah. Sim uh, similarly, uh, the, the companies are the, get the same treatment from the left. Uh, yeah. Every company, they're evil. They're you know raping you for profit. They don't care about anything. Uh, and we, every once in a while, it's good to highlight the actual good stories that that happen because, you know, the media doesn't typically do it. Um, FedEx is one of these companies that does a lot for the troops around the holidays. Uh, one of the great things that they do is the Christmas Spirit Foundation, uh, where they actually send trees to the troops, actual Christmas trees, so they can enjoy the real feeling of Christmas, not with, you know, a, a picture of a Christmas tree or some, you know, cheap uh, fake one that they can somehow acquire. Instead, they actually get real live Christmas trees. 17,000 live Christmas trees FedEx will get to 60 military bases uh, this year. Uh, really mm. cool, a really cool program. And I, I got to believe that that's the type of thing. When you're in uh, a battle situation, uh, that you can't, you can't overestimate how important that is to someone dealing with that. You're getting a little piece a, of home, a little piece of home, and yeah. you're there. Um, you know, while you're there fighting for the freedom for people to do this basic thing that we have back uh, back in in, this, in the states, you can support Trees for Troops by donating to the program and/or purchasing fresh trees at one of the more than 30 Christmas tree retail locations nationally during Trees for Troops weekend, December 5th through the 7th. Go to treesfortroops.org to check out that program, which is really worthwhile. Can you just do it online? Do you know? Donate online. I would assume so. Treesfortroops.org. Uh, we would think so, too. All yeah. right. Uh, no, you have to actually bring the tree to Afghanistan. You have to actually cut the tree down yourself, and you have to fly it there, which is... Uh, There's probably a good chance I'm not going to be able to do FedEx that. then FedEx will reimburse you. Yeah, I'm probably not going to be able to do <laughs> FedEx, that. FedEx, they will FedEx you back in an envelope. <laughs> that's yeah, that's, that's, what they, that's that. their part of it. <laughs> I wanted to participate. <laughs> Treesfortroops.org. 888-727-BECK. We've got one of the coolest stories uh, in the history of mankind to share with you next. Well, wow, that's a good tease. Yeah, I, I want to find that one. One of the coolest one. stories that's ever happened in man's history. Even with all this global warming going on, because it's probably thawing the cool. Yes, even with. Yes! It holds up. Hi, hi. 888-727-BECK is the phone number. Uh, it's Pat and Stu, and it's a day of choosing hope, Pat. Indeed. And one of the most hopeful stories, uh, I think, maybe in, in history, happened in 1914. This was before, actually, uh, before we entered the war. We before hashtags? Enter. Yeah, before hashtags. Oh, wow. Before wow. Twitter. Before the Internet. How did we live? I don't know. 
I don't. I, I personally didn't at that time. But okay. uh, there See? were there were many. Who That's did. how dire it was. Uh, and the people who did live on the planet at the time uh, got involved in a uh, rather messy world war. A scuffle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A kerfuffle, if you will. <laughs> okay. So during this uh, kerfuffle in 1914, uh, opposing forces in Ger Germany uh, on one side, uh, British troops on the other, and to a certain extent, some of the French people uh, were, um, you know, battling for. This wound up being a battle for five years, but they'd been battling for months by this time. And it was bloody, and there were chemical weapons used, and so there were, you know, bad feelings. I mean, these, these guys hated each other. However, in 1914, Christmas rolled around, and uh, they call this the Christmas truce now because unofficially, and there was, there was no official truce in place, but because... Uh, one side or the other started one day singing Christmas carols. The other side joined them, and uh, it kind of mushroomed from there, and it spread all along the front. I mean, this broke out all over the place. It wasn't just an isolated event. This took place uh, in a lot of locations up and down uh, the front in Europe where they stopped fighting, they stopped shooting each other, and in some cases, they actually came out of their trenches and they exchanged uh, gifts. They sang Christmas carols together. Some of them got together for soccer games, Jeez. matches. Uh, in, in one case, well, we'll tell you more of the story after this, but you, one of the, uh, there's a company, uh, a supermarket chain, and the Royal British Legion unveiled a, an ad based on the event called Christmas is for Sharing. Check this out. We'll talk a little bit more about it. Jenkins. Open. Night. Little mail came. And he got some chocolate. Germans start singing Silent Night. Gibberish. Since the tune worked. They're giving away their location. Then the English teach him how to sing it right. <laughs> it's great. It's a great start. And, uh, really so, cool. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's amazing that this is actually based on a real story. It feels, like, it feels like a commercial that's not true is what, what it feels like. Uh, yes, it does. Uh, However, it is absolutely true, 100% true, and there's a movie that, that tells the story really well, and I'm trying to think if it's, um, is it called Silent Night? Oh, it's Joyeux Noël. Have you ever, you, you've probably never seen it. Hmm. Watch the movie this Christmas time, Joyeux Noël. It's awesome, and it tells this story, and it's, it's great. I mean, you, you can't help but love it. Yeah, and it's uh, totally different from Silent Night, Deadly Night, which uh, tells a totally <laughs> different totally story. 
totally different. That totally is not different necessarily story. a story of hope, I understand. <laughs> not at all. It's just a lot of people <laughs> being murdered on Christmas. It's, it's I terrible. Don't, I don't get the Christmas horror movie phenomenon. Really? Although it happens a lot now, right? <laughs> it Santa does. It goes on killing sprees and stuff. It's, a lot of terrible things happen around nasty. Christmas, apparently. <laughs> I like it. I don't like it. Man, call me Scrooge. I don't like the Christmas movie horror movie uh, phenomenon. Uh, okay, but here's more of the uh, Christmas truce ad. This is part two. So they start to come out of their trenches, and it creates a little alarm. Buddy puts his hands up, and they don't shoot. Now they all come out of the trench. Both sides start shaking Jim. hands. My name is Otto. Pleased to meet you, Otto. Freut mich. Rose, she's called. Schön, um, schön. Soccer breaks out. They start cutting each other's hair. Amazing story. Not today, Jimmy. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. And then they start hearing the sounds of war in the distance. Okay. And they go back to their bunkers. Happy Christmas. They're looking at the gifts they got in the mail, and they're thinking, hey, should I share this with uh, my new German friend? Yeah. And then the logo of the company comes up. Tremendous, tremendous ad. I, yeah, so he actually gave up his president to yeah, right. the German guy. Yeah, uh, really cool. Uh, very cool. Uh, it's, it's amazing that would happen, and how sure. difficult would it be the next day to go back to war? Here's the thing. In some cases along the uh, front, they didn't. They didn't. Oh, In some cases, they could not now kill one another. Right. Is that amazing? So it was so bad, I mean, for the war. <laughs> It was so bad that those troops had to be replaced. They were I called. Bet. They were pulled out on both sides and replaced with replacements who did not experience the Christmas truce. Wow! Is that amazing? It, it just—it's uh, it, one of the greatest. It gives me chills just thinking about it. Uh, one of the greatest stories in history. I mean, from hating each other and killing each other in a war where you know—I mean, you're you're spreading mustard gas through through the air, uh, trying to kill people. A, a horrible, horrible way to die. And after, after each side doing that to the other side, then you, you do this truce, this spontaneous truce on Christmas, pretty amazing. And Christmas heals all those wounds, and it gets to the point where now they've met each other, now they're humanized, now, in fact, in some cases, they're friends, and they refuse to kill one another. Unbelievable. Uh, it's hard to believe it really happened. Yeah. But it did. It really is hard to believe. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, 20 years later, a lot of those people who on the German side wound up being Nazis.
Maybe not, though. You know yeah, what? Maybe I, I like, to, I like to believe that those guys were the ones yes. fighting against it. Yes. <laughs> but I thought it would be funny to say that. Triple eight seven twenty seven Beck is the phone number. Back no, with we more hope. No, I know. It was a momentary. Yeah, you know? It was a uh, Jeffy. It's Jeffy's fault. Oh, it's, it? Yeah, it's Jeffy's fault. It's a good point. Can we at least blame Jeffy? You looked over and saw him, and then <laughs> I was like, "Here, like, make a cynical comment about it." <laughs> oh, yeah, there you know. It's, he's in the room and everything. Pretty good news. I, I, I just found this out. Uh, apparently, next year, despite the fact that uh, Charles Schultz has been gone for what, a decade or more? 15 years? How long has it been? When did Charles Schultz die? Did he? I don't even know. Uh, it's been a while. But, uh, but apparently, next year, they're coming out with a new Peanuts movie, a, a Christmas movie. Were you Peanuts. a big uh, Peanuts uh, fan? Not when I was a kid so much. I mean, I, you know, I liked it. It was okay, but I wasn't a huge fan. I like watching it every year. My wife uh, is a huge fan. I'm she loves the fan. music, she loves the cartoons. We watch all the Thanksgiving, the Christmas specials. It's like, I love the, the okay. Christmas special in particular. I do love it. Uh, and I like actually the Christmas special. I gotta say, one. I like the Halloween one too. Wasn't that the Great Pumpkin? Yes, yeah. that was Great pretty. Pumpkin, that was Charlie pretty Brown. Good. Was I did like. That's a I classic. I, remember, I thought I remember Glenn talking about it. It happened in two thousand. He when died he died, two thousand. Wow. Yeah. yeah, so it's been fourteen years. It's been a long time. Uh, yeah, but uh, I, you know, it wasn't always my favorite. But one of the things I did really like about it, especially the Christmas one, is that odd moment where somehow on like mainstream television the actual christmas story is told like well it was i don't know how that happens 65 so i guess that's the difference but it's still played today yeah and you see true. the whole christmas story freaking what is it linus true. linus yeah. lays it out and he's like hey here's the real thing why don't you listen to me and it's so it feels out of place true. like it's almost like they just dropped this speech in the middle of the of the thing and it's so great, and mm -hmm. it's uh, you got to believe that there are a lot of people. That's the only time they hear that message all year. <laughs> yes, and uh, it's yes. so I mean it is really cool, and it has made a, a, a big you know Very cool. it's made a, a big dent, obviously. And uh, we actually have a trailer from the uh, new movie release that's coming out next year.
Peanuts movie. Excuse me. Sorry. Charlie Brown, you blockhead! He doesn't get abused. Poor Charlie Brown. It's been uh, Pixar fight, right? Yeah. It looks like a, is it is that a Pixar thing? And it's in 3D. So that's that's gonna be kind of cool. I bet you that that will be a huge. You'd movie. think it's gonna be, do well if it's if it's any good at all. I just would because think so. There's so much uh, you know nostalgia for that. Even if it's thing. not good, you would think it would open big, right? I mean, because it's peanuts, and we all remember that. And then the kids are gonna like it anyway because it's animated. It's gonna be huge. That's gonna be huge. Uh, so anyway, November tw- 2015 release of the Peanuts movie. Uh, time partially to coincide with the 65th anniversary of the comic strip and 50th anniversary of the Christmas special. Wow, 50 freaking years. 50 years. My grandfather used to tell me about it. That's how I know about the original. You too? Yeah, yeah my granddad used to tell me about it. Um, I, it was on TV. It's on every year. <laughs> I mean, I watched. Yeah, well, he told me about the scene the first time. The first time. Yeah, the, the first, first time. time. My granddad used to tell stories about that. I didn't believe it, but I guess oh, it's, it's true because it's right there. True, you didn't right? believe it. You didn't. No, I, didn't I mean, if you it. watched it, wouldn't you believe it aired a first <laughs> I time? I what do you mean you didn't it. believe it? I couldn't believe that my grandpa was that old that he would yeah, actually see it. Yeah, it just seemed too long ago. You know what I mean, Stu? You know what I mean? It's it just seemed too long ago. Being as young as I am, I I can't really fathom. That people really lived back that far, so really, it's nice to see that it really was true. My grandpa wasn't lying to me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's next year. Yeah, yeah. I think what they should do is finally let Charlie Brown kick the ball. Let him kick the football, or either that or kick Lucy in the face. Yeah, that's not really choosing hope, though. That's nah, not choosing hope. It's not choosing it's hope. It's choosing hope for him. Well, true. <laughs> I, I, it would be nice to do the, a different thing. You know, change it up a little bit. No, uh, Charles Schultz's uh, sons are involved in this project. Yeah. Is that true? Is that what I've heard? So his sons are trying to keep it really true to the original storytelling. And from, from that trailer, it looked like it probably will be. So. And that also kind of makes you believe they're, he's not kicking the football. Probably not. Probably the highest yeah. profile pop culture reference, however, to field goal kicking. Uh, not normally the thing people yeah. aspire to do. Uh, they should, though. <laughs> it's a great gig. They should, though. That's a great gig. I was watching uh, the NFL last weekend and uh, watching Adam Vinatieri kick 50-yard field goals still. And you're just like, this guy. Like, like it was nothing. Like it was nothing. He made it like by about it was 15 from 10 yards. yards. Yeah. And uh, what is he, 43? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's a good gig. Something if you can get that gig, that's a good gig. 888 back. More Pat and Stu and I Choose Hope coming up. Back It is uh, Pat and Stu on I Choose Hope Day. Hashtag I Choose Hope. And Deal such. It. And all that kind of stuff. 
Yeah, uh, we decided to do, we didn't really cover any politics or anything during the radio show today, and so we wanted to do a little bit of... It's actually some hopeful yeah, politics. Well, we'll do politics, but we'll do it in a hopeful way today. <clears throat> uh, this one's amazing. Uh, Jonathan Turley, mm-hmm. who is a liberal, okay, he voted for Obama. He supports universal health care, okay? He has been pointing out over time that the president seems to be overreaching his executive authority. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to say that on a show on CNN is really important. But what he's done now has really gone past that. He has accepted the role of lead counsel for the suit the House is filing against Obama. Uh, J- Jonathan Turley, uh, he currently serves uh, as the J.B. and Morris C. Shapiro Chair of Public Interest Law at George Washington University. Really well respected and, again, not conservative. He will be the lead counsel for the House of Representatives lawsuit against the way President Obama has implemented Obamacare. His quote, as many on this blog are aware, I have previously testified, written and litigated in opposition to the rise of executive power and the countervailing decline in congressional power in our uh, tripartite state uh, uh, system. Um, I have uh, agreed to represent the United States House of Representatives in its challenge of unilateral unconstitutional actions taken by the Obama administration with respect to the implement, uh, implementation of the Affordable Care Act. Now, this is a situation where this lawsuit has been dismissed, I would say kind of even by a lot of conservatives, as not really being serious. It's not going to come to anything. But when you get Jonathan Turley as the guy arguing it, it is a serious thing. A guy who goes on to say, Stu, that he supports national health care and voted for President Obama in his first presidential campaign, it also kind of leads you to believe he didn't vote for him the second time. Yeah. Which is interesting to me, because by that time, he had seen that this guy was acting so unconstitutionally that he couldn't support him. Wow. I mean, that's... Is that amazing? That is a huge deal that's amazing i don't know it's what amazing. i don't know how the press is covering this we haven't been super engaged with the news today i, I don't think they've covered it but you can't say this is a bs lawsuit with no merit when no. jonathan turley's the lead counsel i don't i mean you, you can but yeah you, you, you can you can say it but you're you're an idiot if you do um also jason chaffetz uh representative from utah he will be succeeding uh daryl isa as the next uh, head of the House Oversight and Government Reform Committee. These are the people who are constantly doing the in, uh, investigations. They're the ones that, like, uh, you know, they're going looking into Benghazi. They're looking into the IRS scandals. They're, ISA was always the guy, and he did a really good job, I think, uh, constantly pushing and pushing and pushing for more information, more information, more information, and not letting these guys get away with their typical dodges of questions. Um, and, you know, I, I, Chaffetz, I think, will do a pretty good job as well. Uh, on that uh, front. I mean, I don't, I'm not necessarily excited to see Issa leave. I mean, I think he's he's done a good job there. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, mm, I think Chaffetz will really do good job. a good one as well. Yeah. Uh, and over on National Review, there's an interesting article today. Jim Garrity wrote um, talking about how to take the newfound power of the Republican Party and try to improve uh, education. Uh, and he describes it as an Uber for, uh, for uh, education. Uber is this company, and if you don't live in Manhattan, it's, it's somewhat new to a lot of places around the country. But when we worked in New York, I use it all the time. And basically, it's an app on your phone. It has a GPS. It tells you what corner. Essentially, you look at a map, see where, what corner of the street you're on, and you can mm-hmm. say, okay, I need a ride. And you click a button. Uh, it alerts all the cars in the area. And it's particularly in Manhattan, there's a lot of black cars going around waiting for, uh, to take patrons on rides. And they will come, one will say, okay, I'm going to pick that customer up. 
They come over, they pick you up, drive you wherever you want to go. The whole thing's automated uh, by distance with the GPS. It goes right on the credit card that you put through uh, Uber. Um, there's really kind of, it's very difficult to scam it or anything like that. It's all, all goes through Uber. You're not even, you're not paying with cash even to the guy in the car. And uh, it's all set. It's a great system, and Uber is a fantastically innovative company. There's a few companies like this. People talk about Airbnb kind of the same way, where, you're, you know, where Uber is taking what used to be the business of cabs and completely innovating around that front. Uh, the other side of that uh, is Airbnb. They're taking the business of hotels, and they're saying, hey, you know, Jeffy has an extra room, and someone's in, obviously incredibly desperate uh, for a place to stay. You have a hotel in that area. You can go to Airbnb, and you can rent out, essentially, Jeffy's extra room or je- rent out his house or rent out um, his uh, you know, apartment for one night, uh, two nights, three nights, just like a hotel, and they can charge whatever they want. And it's essentially a free market approach to uh, hotels. We used the service uh, when, we, when the Super Bowl was in Indianapolis. Indianapolis is one of the smaller cities that... Um, has ho- have hosted the Super Bowl in the past few years, and there wasn't as many hotel rooms. And the hotels, ho- hotel rooms that did exist were ultra expensive, even more crazy than the typical Super Bowl year. So we went on Airbnb and actually rented out some college girls' apartment, like right downtown, for a third of the price of, uh, of what a hotel would have been in that area. Uh, and, you know, it was cool. It was nice. There was food. She, she, she went to the store and picked up uh, soda and beer for us, put it in the fridge. Uh, so this Super Bowl, I've got an extra room. Uh, I'm good to go. Uh, if you if you need a room for the Super Bowl, I've got a room for you. Jeffy, the Super, uh, the Super Bowl's in Phoenix. You live in Dallas. I've got a room for you. He didn't say it wasn't a hike. You know, <laughs> it's a little bit he of a. Didn't say it was right downtown Phoenix. Yeah, it's on the outskirts. Yeah, you know? it's on the outskirts you have of to Phoenix. Take a little Uber <laughs> plane. Yeah, uh, Uber. A, uh, I know. Actually, there's a there's. I don't remember the name of it. There's a place now. They're starting to do that. For private jets, really? if, you're, if you you have private jets, you know these guys have these private jets. They're flying them all over the place, and sometimes it's a twelve per passenger, and they have two people in it, and they can actually you can actually go in and buy the extra seats to go from point A to point B. Another company who is similar to this is Prosper. Um, it's a company that does the same thing as we're talking about, except with banks. So you want Jeffy wants to go get a loan. His credit score is actually negative thirteen thousand. Negative. Oh, that's th- private. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to reveal that. I should have asked you first. Um, and so he can't get a loan. Um, he doesn't have the collateral, can't get a loan at a bank. Mm-hmm. Well, you go to Prosper, and you can go and say, I'd like a loan. And someone else in the marketplace might decide, hey, he looks like a good risk. Now, that person's insane. Um, but <laughs> don't, don't start I'm looking for a loan. No, I know. You're always looking for a loan that you won't pay back. Um, but you could do that. It's another way of sort of disrupting the, the way that we've done it and, and going around regulation and saying, you know what? Mm-hmm. Hey, we can do this a different way. We can do this better. And so Jim Garrity's talking about this happening in education. Um, so one of the things he's talking about Republicans should be pushing for, school choice everywhere. I know this is a huge uh, issue for you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big school choice guy. And his deal is any parent in any community should be able to send his or her child to any school that will accept the child. Period. And why not? Seriously. Then it just, the system works itself out. The best schools prosper. The crappy schools don't. Is, is that a problem? It, it, that's the capitalist system, yeah. isn't it? Um, some might say this is Washington forcing a change on the states. 
he says, too bad. We don't run our education system for the benefit of state and local education officials, or at least we shouldn't. We do it for kids and parents. Any administrator who wants to deny parents the right to send their children to the school of their choice can get the hell out of the education system. <laughs> <laughs> That's not exactly choosing hope, but he's hoping for yeah. something better. Yeah. No, and I guess it is right. choosing hope in some ways. You know, one of the problems I would see in a system like this is um, uh, in sports, because, you know, everybody's going to choose... Right. If, you, if you're an athlete, you're going to choose the school in your district or in your area or closest to you. It probably, yeah, it could be. That could. is better. The better program. Right. And that, of course, happens anyway. And it happens, anyway. <laughs> by the way. But, but at least you have to in most cases. I mean, some cases are open enrollment, but in most cases, you have to actually move into that district and into that area to go to the school of your choice. And, of course, you know, as much as I love sports, uh, it's a minor price to pay even if there were problems, uh, if you could actually get school choice, which is vital. I mean, it would make the entire system so much better. But liberals hate school choice. For whatever reason, they can't. Yeah, it's a weird one. They just can't stand it. I guess they assume. You can choose choose to kill your baby, but you cannot choose what school you go to. They they can't allow it. Very strange. Can't allow it. And I guess it's just, you know, they know that if there was competition... Mm-hmm. You know, the the horrible teacher at that school that's teaching socialism no longer has a job. Right. And that school that's run, they had their, their, there's maybe no opportunity for them to go beg for schools to be better and, and get all this money because the schools already are better. Some of the schools uh, that serve communities uh, might not have enough enrollment, but that's because the parents in the... Think about what you're saying there. Oh, well, we got to keep this school open. we got to keep the enrollment up. Um, actually, those kids would be wanting to move out because they know the school's bad. Mm-hmm. Their parents are trying to give their children a chance at a better future, and you're denying that because you want to keep one building open? Who cares about that building? It's about getting the, kid, the kids educated. Uh, his next point is trade schools, trade schools, trade schools. Our leaders have to drive a stake into the heart of the attitude that all American children need to go to a four-year college or, or university. Not every American kid needs a degree, but every American kid needs a skill. This is a cultural fight as much as a policy fight. Mike Rowe, of course, he's been on the program uh, here, been on Wonderful World of Sue, been on Glenn Beck many times. Uh, former host of uh, Discovery Channel's Dirty Jobs, has a big show on CNN, which is doing really well, by the way, on CNN. He says, quote, we are lending money we don't have to kids who can't pay it back to train them for jobs that no longer exist. That's nuts. It's a great, great way to put it. Yeah, and he's, of great course, made huge it. donations. Uh, and he, uh, his MicroWorks Foundation has done all sorts of great work uh, in this area. Uh, number three says, push the business world to step directly into, into education. Corporations have complained for a long time. Education system is not providing them with workers ready to step into entry-level jobs. Time to bring the employers into the classroom. Go ahead. Apple, Microsoft, Facebook, Cargill, uh, Nike, Coca-Cola, Starbucks, Disney, Intel, Walmart, Goldman Sachs. Build your own charter schools. Why not? I have no problem with that. What, what smart kid with an aptitude for engineering wouldn't want to go to a Ford Academy of Automotive Engineering or SpaceX Aerospace School? That's a great idea. My gosh. How about a Google School of Computer Science? This is a, this is a good idea. Yeah. This is good stuff. That's one I, I don't think I uh, had thought of before. I mean, I had having a specialized school that, that yeah. is run by the leader in an industry. And uh, why wait till yeah. college? Start it in high school. Yeah. You know, get them started earlier get them than started. that even. Yeah. 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 I don't have a problem with that. I mean, again, like there would be schools that, that you know, Bill Gates would build a school and I wouldn't want to send my kid to it because uh, mm-hmm. I don't believe in, in the way he wants to teach our kids. But you should have you can have that choice. Again, I think that's the thing. 
It's all about choice. It's all about individualism. And it if, is. You, if you can find that breaking down those walls of this monolithic approach is so positive for education. And it's not it's not, um, you know, if there's not one of these options, if there's if there's not an option for that in your area and you hate what's going on in public school, don't put up with it. Mm-hmm. Start your own school. Well, I mean, we did. Uh, we started out homeschooling 24 years ago. And we homeschooled all the way up until about two and a half years ago. And then we began a sort of a homeschool school where we kind of supplemented what you do at home uh, at this school. And then it's kind of evolved into an actual school. Uh, But we have specific curriculum. We don't have Common Core. Obviously, we teach about... (laughs) It would be really funny if you did. Yeah, wouldn't it? (laughs) You start your own school. It's like, yeah, we are using the Common Core standards, obviously. I mean, you have to. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's the best. So we're not not doing that. And and God is a part of our curriculum. Yeah. And and an important part. And so, you know, it's hard to do. It's not easy. It's not necessarily fun. But if you care about your kid's education... You know, you do whatever you have to do. Yeah, and there's there's multiple options. You, you know, as you said, you did the, you, you did homeschooling that. for 24 years. Yeah. You guys were really prepared for this, and it's still hard, as you've said many times on the air. Starting your own yeah. school is probably the top level of that. A step yeah. down from that might be going to that school or homeschooling. Correct. Or a step below that, maybe you know, maybe it's private school. You find a private school uh, where they can go, but you've checked out and you've done your homework on private it. Private schools are sometimes expensive, and sometimes they're expensive. So you know, maybe the bottom level rung of that is going in and fighting as hard as you can in your public school to make sure they don't get away with it. I mean, it. that's got, where you start. I think yeah. if you, if you don't want to try these, yeah, you know, really, uh, some of them in some cases would be considered radical uh, alternatives. Mm-hmm. I sure. guess. If you're not ready for that, if you can't do that because of your work situation or, or your monetary situation, whatever it is, yes, you take action at your school system and try to affect changes. Get Common Core out of it, for one thing. And you want a great example of that. I mean, get involved in David Barton's organization. I mean, David yeah, Barton has builders. been doing that uh, in Texas in particular, but, I yeah. mean, really all around the country, where you, if you go back and you look at history, and it's when the pilgrims are terrorists, you get that removed from the textbooks. Right. I mean, that sort of work needs to be done because it's not all, as much as it is about your kid. It's more than that, right? I mean, like, you have to care enough to make sure that other kids are getting the right information as well. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's a tough battle, and you have a lot of forces working against you. But you can do something in that realm of what we just discussed. And I love these ideas. I mean, I uh, you know, you, you figure a, 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 a giant company has got all this money. You go in and you create a school that's going to teach kids the way you think they should be taught, the most innovative ways. And you're able to take the promising students who you think can really uh, do something, and you could change their lives. I mean, they may come out of a, a tough area and be able to, to be qualified to be a Google uh, you know, engineer at some point. Right. It's great. And by the way, on the homeschool front, you don't have to, you're, you're not alone if you decide to go that way. There are homeschool co-ops where, and you can Google these, where in your area there's a bunch of homeschoolers that get together and help each other. You know, they help each other through the process. So on one day you might be doing school at their house and on another day it's at your house or, you know, you combine your curriculum and stuff. There's, there's help yeah. available. It's much easier now than it was when you started. Way, way easier. And the thing is, people are overwhelmed just getting started. Yeah. And, but that's, that's the hardest part is just to make that decision to pull your kids out but you know look at your options figure out what you're going to do and then get them out of there if you can't make the changes that you need to what happens if you enter into one of these co-ops and you realize one of the other families is jeffy's family 
Would you just then at that point? Oh my gosh, you put him right back into public school. You put him back into That's public school. That's why I let my yeah. wife handle all that. The, the worst public school of all, all, all it time. It doesn't matter. The worst. Better than that. Really? Okay. Right? That's why I let my wife handle all that. <laughs> yeah, no, thank God. Yes, thank yes. God for your children. But you guys actually do homeschool, right? Yeah, it was the best thing we ever did. How long ago? How long have you been doing that? Uh, since we moved to Texas. Okay, you just started in Texas, so well, we did, almost we three in years. In Pennsylvania, we did the, uh, they have a, a program in Pennsylvania where you teach from home, but it's through the school. Yeah. Uh, with they set you up with a computer and everything, and you have yes. teachers and classes. So it's not bad. Yeah. It's not too bad because you still have a little bit of control of what's going on. So mm-hmm. when they teach something, some common core thing, you're like, mm, that's not right. Yeah, good. Uh, you know, no, 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 no. But uh, then when we came to Texas, it was weird. All in. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you do for your other children to spread across the globe? I haven't paid for them, and I'm not going to. <laughs> okay, beautiful. That's beautiful. That's not hopeful at all, Jeffy. You yeah. have to keep their hope alive. We're choosing hope. We're choosing hope today, Jeffy. Someday. We're choosing hope. If they can prove with the blood test that I'm their father, <laughs> I will pay. All right. Good. You reminded me of one other thing, uh, just to mention, because <laughs> this is a, it's a tough situation. It's one millions are going through. All over the country, because you're dissatisfied with the education your yeah. kids are getting right now. There, the other thing that's available are some online schools. I mean, really, really excellent. It was not bad schools. in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. with the school system. I mean, they set you up. It was I'm not, mm-hmm. I, obviously it's subsidized through the through your government, but you're paying the taxes for the schools anyway. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I mean, you, they set you up and they take care of. They give you the curriculum. They give you the classes, the teachers, yeah. and you do it all from the house. And there's Lots private of examples of that as well, right? Yes. I mean, uh, there's a lot of organizations yes, that will do these, it with faith. The ones and, we're doing are, have nothing to do with with the, the, with school the actual system. school systems. Yeah, yeah. it's it's completely. Uh, it's like a it's like a private school online. And, and so there's a lot of those available, and some of them are excellent, really, really excellent. Triple eight seven two seven bet. Coming up, by the way, uh, we have a real hopeful thing: the Pizza Hut new menu Pizza. is out Pizza. today. It's today's the first day of it. Pizza. Uh, is it some, is it a coincidence that it's on I Choose Hope Day? No. <laughs> no. no We're going to eat it for you soon. It's divine providence right here. Choosing hope that it's here. See positivity. Uh, yeah, right I here. See Choosing that. hope. Jeffy, a I picture of him. Anorexia. <laughs> he sure did. Really, in a genocidal, in a fashion reminiscent of Genghis, Genghis Khan, Khan, you defeated uh, anorexia. In a fashion reminiscent of Genghis Khan, Jeffy has defeated and genocidal, uh, genocidally conquered uh, anorexia. It's almost like I hope that you're not making fun of this horrific disease not that the least people struggle with. Oh, no. people do struggle with it. It is yes. a horrific disease. It's just, it's just you, you never struggled never with struggled with it. With it I beat it. You beat it very easily. <laughs> it was not. It was. It was a, uh, a Packers Eagles type of situation. I will say. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for making that point. <laughs> between you and anorexia, yes, it was not close. Triple eight seven two seven Beck eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. Here's nine nine guests you're going to meet. Uh, this Thanksgiving, and they're also going to do you the favor of telling you how to deal with them. Uh, the food pusher is guest number one. This is a per- person who pushes food, and this is a picture of food right here. <laughs> that's, that's a really good telling of the story. 
there, there is always that person, though, and I, I, I yes. don't mind them at all. I no, actually no, really okay. like the food pusher. Cause I married makes, one. Oh, you did. <laughs> that's yes, you right. Did. You did. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you did. But she, and it's almost always a she, ensures the guests waddle back to their cars in a carb haze, guaranteeing that all in attendance will be up all night with heartburn. No. Nah. 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 And I will say this. I think it helps you justify eating more. Ah, oh, come on, try this. You got to yes. try. A, okay, yeah, I'll That's try a little bit of this. And look, the bottom line is, I want to eat more. You know, I yeah. want to eat. Like, you know, yeah. I want to eat more food. But, uh, you know, sometimes you feel like, hey, I don't want to be the the disgusting fat guy at the table that just had one up for ninths. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and then that person helps you get the ninths and Thank the tenths. You. Right. And so the how to deal with aspect of this person, I'm not even going to deal with because there's no need to deal with the food pusher. Just let them be. Yeah. Let well, them be. How to deal let with it? Let them push food. Eat. Eat. That's how you Eat deal with it. the food. Yeah. Okay. How about the fault finder? For okay. this guest, the highlight of Thanksgiving is gleefully informing you that your plates don't quite match the silverware and that there appears to be a slight mm. crack in their water gra oh, yeah. glass. Perhaps they find the turkey too dry, your drink's too mm -hmm. strong, and mm -hmm. the meal time to be less than ideal. That was always an issue because uh, I went to my grandparents every single year, basically, until we moved down here uh, my entire life uh, for Thanksgiving. And, uh, and there, I guess they ate at a weird time. It was always pretty, pretty early, and my wife always complained about the time. Why do they eat so early? Why do they eat so early? I don't know. They're, they're making a giant meal. Let's drive to their house and eat it. Some mm -hmm. people like to get it out of the way. They, get, they cook it all night. They get up. Let's get it out of the way early. So then, then they have time for leftovers. They well, can lay around, be you, with the family, play games. And mm -hmm. you have time for the National Football Thank League. You. There you go. Yes. Which is what the Pilgrims intended when they created this day. That's right. That's right. What we like to do is start cooking dinner during the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of on in the background. Yeah. We're making the dinner, and then by, you know, 2 in the afternoon, you're ready to eat it. You eat it, and then you start watching football, and then, you know, uh, by 5 o'clock, it's time for, like, a turkey sandwich. Oh, yeah, the coma is yeah. right. out of the coma. Oh, with the, with the cranberry and a little oh, mayo on there. Yeah. And oh, put it, you those. put it on the delicious dinner rolls that my wife made. Oh, yeah. That's right. I always you put them on the rolls that your wife Thanksgiving made. Thanksgiving stew oh. with uh, turkey and dressing and gravy uh -huh. and all mm. mixed together. And, and I, you know, I mean, I don't, we're going to get all nostalgic here, but everyone remembers the Worthington's protein loaf uh, served uh, with a... <laughs> oh, you're just you're speaking oh, my language. <laughs> you are speaking yeah. my language. Oh, my yeah. gosh, oh, a little Worthington turkey. Protein oh, loaf. my gosh. Oh, uh, what a day. Yum. What a day. That is actually what yum. I eat on Thanksgiving. The I remember when my mom used to say... Worthington protein loaf is no good cold. <laughs> Get down here. It's no good cold. Uh, By the way, it's very oh, good yeah. cold. Is it? Uh, is it it good will. Cold? It would work on a sandwich, too. It's actually pretty good. That's one of those I really should. The problem with Worthington's protein loaf is, and this is going to shock you guys, not available in most mainstream what? grocery what? stores. What? <laughs> it's not easy to come by. There is a... What, you like have Whole to, Foods? You, no, you no. I don't even think you can get it there. You, you have can? to. We had to drive to... There's a... There's some uh, some order. some faith that is vegetarian. I think it's Seventh Day Adventist. Oh, that's I think. possible. I think, oh, I think right? they're vegetarian, mostly vegetarian. So wherever there's a big community of Seventh Day Adventists, they have like vegetarian stores, oh, like vegetarian grocery stores, basically. And so there's one oh, about huge Seventh Day Adventist uh, <laughs> yeah. communities. Yes. I, there's uh, one about an hour from here, and really? yeah, about um, once every few months, I'll take a take a drive. Down to the Seventh Day Adventist store okay. and load up on Worthington's protein loaf. <laughs> right. That's what you do. Because, I mean, you know of Mormon communities. Yeah, okay. In Utah, yeah. right? You know of Catholic communities in, say, 
Boston, mm -hmm. for instance, you know, there's high Jewish population in New York. But Seventh-day Adventist, I wasn't yeah. familiar with. That's and I don't know much about the faith. I do, I do know that they're largely vegetarian, though. I think we've had a couple of people call up when we've talked about this uh, before. And they, they say, you don't have to be, I guess, but most, most people are in the faith. Anyway, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, it's, it's kind of a, it's a long trek to get some Worthington's protein loaf. But well <laughs> worth it, though. Worth, come on. Oh, I will say it. it's really good. It. And here's the thing. Are uh, you the only one that eats it? Uh, I am the only one who eats it on Thanksgiving, typically, yeah. depending on who comes over. We, I have a friend of mine who's also mostly vegetarian, doesn't all, you know, not 100%, but mm. he, and he, when he comes over, he'll eat this stuff. He's the one that told me about it, actually. Um, uh, he actually works here. So he's um, like me. He's mostly... Because other than... Uh, I do eat chicken and fish, but other right. than chicken and fish and, fish. and uh, uh, steak. And steak. Yeah, you do uh, have a lot of steak. Uh, roast. I'm pretty much You'll totally do vegetarian. Roast. Bacon? I will do a little bacon. Okay. And I'll do some ham. And from time to time, there will be turkey. How do you shop? And Is there any, uh, venison. You shop the same place Stu's going? Right. But other than that. Do you have to go to the seventh day pretty, Adventist? Pretty strict. For that? But not necessarily. Okay. I can find some other places <laughs> for my vegetarianism. But, but I'm mostly, you know, I think you're getting the mostly vegetarian. I will say that I would love to bring in a Worthington's protein loaf, cook this Please thing do. up in the oven, Please and then do. have you try it. Please do. The oh, only problem is I only have one, and it's for Thanksgiving, and I can't oh. drive an hour. But there's got to be another place around here. We've got to have some dingleberry that can drive out there and get it for you. Are you calling Seventh-day Adventist dingleberries? No, I'm saying that somebody not. around Someone here, here can a dingleberry and drive okay. out there and get it for the show. Right. Where is Wor I mean, shouldn't Worthington's come on as a sponsor? Is there another yes, media personality how many times? discussing Worthington's protein loaf on the air? What's it made out of? What kind of protein yeah, is it? I you don't, don't want to know. Is it... Tofu? Boo, boo, boo. It's got to be tofu. Probably soy-based. Right? I, I, I don't know off the top of my head, though. I eat a lot of that crap. All right. But the, does the fault finder find fault with your... Your Worthington protein loaf is too dry. You know? You get that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that anyone says that. You just eat it. And you're just like, all right, this all right. Is, it's Worthington protein the loaf. The Worthington protein loaf this year is drier than usual. How about the tipsy guest? Uh, this one probably you never experienced, Pat. No. Well, actually, maybe you did early on. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't. Yeah. I haven't had much experience with this on the holidays. I, you know, even though I had, I certainly have drinkers in my family. I, I don't remember them getting too tipsy around the holidays, uh, at, at least at Thanksgiving. Uh, but the pressure of the holiday, coupled with a festive atmosphere in the presence of your bar, can be a recipe for disaster, mm -hmm. uh, says the Huffington Post. You get, uh, Jeffy, I mean, obviously you were. I don't know if I would call you tipsy. I mean, you know, heroin is a totally different effect on people. No, it does, yeah. but I mean, Thanksgiving, you start out, you, you know, you start drinking a little bit. Yeah, and then the drugs come later. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you don't yeah. want to okay. get started right away. You want to be able to eat a little <laughs> and then do a syringe. Then there's the hover. <laughs> the <laughs> How about the hover? I like the hover. The hover is the person who, when you're taking the turkey out of the oven, he's there. You're mashing the potatoes, he's right at your elbow. You're looking for your grandmother's silver, and he's right behind you. I don't like that. Don't get in my space. No. Leave I, me alone. But it's, it's that uh, desire for the food is really all you're doing there. You yeah. want the food now. Yeah. Now. And, and when you start carving up the turkey, he's grabbing a piece. And it's like, yeah. I'll, I'll slit your neck. I'll slit your throat right now with this knife if really? you don't get away from me. Yeah, don't, don't be taken... I can do that to others, As but you yeah. can't do that to me when Thank I'm carving you. the turkey. Yeah. Huffington Post list of the uh, people you'll meet at uh, Thanksgiving dinner. The nosy aunt. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, how's your personal life? How are you dating? What are, who are you dating? Who, what does that person do? I mean, that's just you're catching up. That's, that's, not, yeah, that's not nosy. That's, I mean, uh, you know. Come on. 
It's got to happen. That's why, you, that's why you have Thanksgiving, to catch up with your relatives, because you don't yeah. do it the rest of the year. The stress mess is another person you'll meet. This is my wife. Uh, by the time a person <laughs> arrives, they look like they're one tiny setback away from having a meltdown. Well, this is because she's making the dinner, or I'm helping with her, but she is always stressed out. If there's people coming over for, for whatever, really, she's uh, stressful. I, I, wouldn't take, I wouldn't take Jackie for that. Yeah, she does. She, she gets crazy. seems like she's on top of everything I know. all the time. No, no. But I guess I, if you want to be, uh, you know, you want to make everybody happy, you want yeah. them to have a good experience. She wants to be really good. And yeah. Is the pie going to turn out? Is the turkey going to be done? Is it going to be dry? Is everything going to be done on time? It's stressful. Doing Thanksgiving. We're good like that because lean cuisines heat up the same way every time. Uh, it's really easy. Just make sure you press the right setting on the microwave and it exactly. works well. Mm -hmm. It's handy. How about the one upper? You got a promotion. She's in line to be CEO. You're booking your vacation. She recommends a five-star hotel in Paris. You sign up for yoga. She's doing month-to-month -month long a month-long retreat for mm -hmm. advanced students. I, I don't know if I've ever experienced that one. Uh, I mean... I don't know if that's a big one. Armchair quarterback is, though. That's huge. That's me. That's everybody, every guy, isn't it? Yes. You, you sit down, you eat your food, then you're in front of the Detroit Lions or the Dallas Cowboys, period. That's yes. How, that's how, that's how There's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to deal with them either because they're fine. They're fine. They're fine. It's part of life. Uh, Black Friday shoppers. This year, Black Friday starts on Thanksgiving in many places. That's for sure. And this person doesn't want to miss out. My wife is actually doing the Black Friday thing. She's already set it up with my daughter. Who's really? It's a cool tradition. My, gram my grandma and my aunt did this yeah. every year. They'd go out at 5 in the morning on Black Friday and then go do tons of shopping. Mm -hmm. And I just remember thinking, I, would I mean, I don't care if they were giving all of the stuff in the store away for free. I wouldn't show up at 5 o'clock in the morning oh, on no, Friday. I remember as a kid, my, my aunt, my grandma and grandpa, my mom, all show Friday morning. Show up and go to the mall. You know what? It's, it has sounded fun to me a couple of times, and I've tried it a couple of times. Not. You get up at 3.30 or 4 in the morning. Oh, my God. Go really? Yeah. Not. And then, but then you're standing there in, in some long, stinking line at some dumb mall store yeah. to buy two shirts. I, I hate it. I don't care. <laughs> I hate it. One, one time a few years ago in Houston, we, we were in some store. I, I forget that that was having some big, giant sale. And we were there for two items. But she had <laughs> had to have them. My wife had to have them. And we waited for two and a half hours in some stinking line because they had like one person behind their cash register. Well, did you know Why it was Black Friday? What are you doing? I mean, yeah. Somebody called in. That just pisses me off. Oh, my um, gosh. Me off. And especially in today's world, you can get the deals mostly other times. It's not just it's Black Friday. Yeah, I will say, go online to a lot of these sites. Go to Walmart.com. Go to Target.com. A lot of those specials get on those sites. And the other thing is, if you have time and you're bored at night on Friday, go at like 8 or 9 yeah. o'clock. Everyone's gone, and a lot of the deals are still there. It's actually, that's not bad because yeah. it's, it's pretty much empty. All right, 888-727-BECK is the phone number. Back with more mm -hmm. hope. In just a second. Yay! Kellogg's Worthington Vegetarian Dinner Roast. Bring it on. Bring it on, baby. Sold as a case of six for your steam. Ooh, ship it. Come on. Add it to the cup. Where are you getting Where is... Yes. Hashtag I choose pizza or hope or something. Uh, yeah, I believe it's hope. But we're modifying it just a tad because we have cho chosen some uh, delicious pizzas from. Well, we're hoping they're delicious uh, from Pizza Hut because they uh, uh, you're announced. Hoping? 
Oh, I'm hoping. You're hoping there. I'm hoping. Mm. Yeah, because we, we don't know yet. Because no, we don't know. Because we don't. When we do these bits, we're supposed to chase test them on the air, right, Pat? Yes. And that's why. Oh my gosh! They delivered a pizza with two pieces missing. What mm. the heck? Was that the delivery boy? Was it the Natasha? Chef? Who did this? Is there quality control <laughs> for these deliveries? <laughs> Who would? That's why we had to wait it... 30 seconds to come back on the air, and you both ate pizza before we came back on the air. <laughs> Every time. No, it's it's delivered it's with two pieces missing. That yeah. is wrong. That is wrong. We won't have it. So um, Pizza Hut has a new menu. Artisan pizzas. Yeah, and they're really, they really redid them. They have uh, one, two, three, four, eight, uh, eleven, uh, s- 16 new pizzas that they've designed. And you can, of course, make your own. It's amazing. Um, different crusts. They've got uh, a pretzel <laughs> crust on there. What the, are last, the, lo- the last page with the last five, the reason we only looked at 11 is because these are the skinny pieces. <laughs> Skinny pizza. No, thank you. Yeah, I'm, no, thank you. I, I will say that is not interested. I, that is what I okay. ordered. But oh, you did? I did, yeah. You ordered a skinny pizza? Skinny beach and skinny club. you got to be kidding. I kind of sounded, I don't know. Good. No? Uh, no. No. Okay. no. Skinny so anything? Pat no, got the good stuff, and I got the, the skinny stuff. So this is uh, some What's sort that of... Uh, Which, now, that, is that one, was that one good, Pat? I, it's real, I loved it. Mm. But Jeffy was like, eh. How would you know if you loved it if you haven't eaten it? Yeah, Jeffy. How would you know? Because <laughs> it just the way Jerks. it looked. Okay, I'm thinking so th- that this is a meatball thing, or is this no. a bacon cheeseburger? Barbecue bacon cheeseburger? It definitely smells like barbecue. It's barbecue. It's, it's a barbecue, barbecue some so sort. it's got to be that giddy up. Now, this I have not tried. As you'll see, they're all intact. Mm-hmm. And this, I think, is the. Uh, is that the uh, cockadoodle bacon? <laughs> no, well, it's got chicken. It's chicken one. Giddy up. That's not the barbecue chicken. Where's the barbecue chicken one? We're having a trouble identifying. And this is the... That uh, looks like barbecue chicken. That's barbecue chicken. Okay, so barbecue chicken you have. All right. You want to try that one yeah, out? Yeah, I'll try uh, I will try this try? one, which appears to be... Hmm. Appears to be... Mm. Um, this one, I think, is a... Uh, <laughs> I have no idea what this. No, this one's a buffalo <laughs> chicken. You want to try this one? It's buffalo got, chicken? Like buffalo wings yeah, kind good. of sauce. Jeffy oh, the Buffalo State of Mind? Yeah. I don't know what this one is. This one might That's be... Good. nice spicy thing. Really good. Except for the onions. Mm-hmm. I don't know the spicy... The, I, uh, the onions. I have no idea what that one is. Which one? We have a, we have a, uh, a massive list of all 16 pieces. That one just... It looks like... Hmm. What, what is this one? This, has, this doesn't look like any of the ones that we actually ordered. I know. <laughs> well, I'll try it anyway. It looks freaking good. They don't, they don't look like they do on the paper. No. <laughs> That's a shocker. Mm. Um, delicious. I like. Now, this looks almost more. identical to what you guys have. I mean, just different no toppings, but I don't know what makes them skinny. <laughs> just the word. <laughs> <laughs> they say it's skinny, so mm-hmm. it is. And then that—that's pretty good. That mm. looks like a veggie one. Still. Oh yeah, this is the pretzel crust. Get a close-up of this one. Pretzel piggy? Okay. Yeah, this is a pretzel piggy, but it doesn't have any meat on it. I think there's it has a meat. no piggy on it. I think it has a ham Smoked or something bacon. on it. Smoked bacon. Look at that. <clears throat> now, the, they've got some like salt crystals and stuff on the edge here, on the crust. Mm. These, I like them. These are good. The pretzel mm-hmm. piggy had bacon, I thought. Whatever was on there, they took off. Yeah, we told them not to put that on. Really? So could eat it. Yeah. And this, got, this doesn't have sauce. This has like a Parmesan cream crust or something on it. So and this one is a garlic parmesan, parmesan sauce. Chicken. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to try that. It looks good. The pretzel crust is really good. I don't... It tastes like a legitimate, like, soft pretzel. Hmm. I, I cannot find what any of these are. 
Because um, they're not identifiable. This doesn't look like what I have on my paper. Uh, but it's a, it's a pesto or it's a, it's a Parmesan chicken thing um, that doesn't seem to be listed. But it's really good. I mean, all of these, everything I've tasted, do you like what you've tasted so far? Yeah, I mean, they're all good. Like, I'm looking at this. I don't know what this is because this says, I have two pizzas circled here. This is, these are the two that I chose out of the list. And they both, as you see, have giant leaves, leaves of some sort of spinachy basil something on them, right? Yeah. So, so now look at the, I mean, that's, I don't see the giant leaf. I see little like specks of green. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Did we get, did we minus the spinach or something on these? No. Mm. I mean, they really are unrecognizable, <laughs> but delicious. Yeah, but good. I mean, if you were to compare these to the new Domino's, I say this wins. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, that's been pretty good, too. This is really good. I like, I like it all. Yeah, the creamy, a creamy like garlic. Parmesan the, garlic the, chicken uh, or giddy, something. Pre, pretzel piggy. Is that what it is? And you like the pretzel piggy? Pretzel piggy, yeah, that's good. Do you try them all, Jeffrey? I, I will. All right. We will uh, we'll come back wow. after we try the rest of these. So wait, hold on. Let's give it a little order here. What, which, can you order these things? Um, oh, wait. We didn't even try this one yet. What's this? Tried it yet. Oh, here, here's oh a, look at that. That looks like barbecued chicken. That's a barbecued one. Yeah. Barbecued chicken? Mm, I think so. Pat? Smells good. Give that a whirl. And that looks like, like some bacon on it, too. Mm-hmm. So that would be the... Mm-hmm. Yeah. This would be the uh, cockadoodle bacon. Or the giddy-up barbecue chicken. Oh, yeah, giddy-up barbecue chicken. Let me give some of this to, J- to Jeffy over here. Well, I don't try that. Pop on one of those slices down that gullet of yours. Mm. I don't know that I appreciate the way you said it. I really like it. Can you can you stack them in order? You got a uh, mm. Good favorite far. to... See, I would say... I had, so these are the three that That's I tried. Bad. That's This delicious. one was really good with the That's garlic cream sauce. Really, yeah. really good. I like this one. This oh so I like this veggie one maybe the the best, which I've now stacked pieces on. I like this pretzel one a lot with the c- cream sauce. This one was probably my least. Is there favorite. one you don't like? I mean, it's fine. It's pizza. So mm-hmm. I mean, pizza's good, but it, this was my least favorite. But I'd like to make that helpful. Uh-huh. I don't know what the hell it is. It's uh, Skinny Beach says crushed tomato sauce, which I guess maybe that's it. Mm-hmm. Red onions, cherry... T- no, that's the other one. So this has got to be Skinny Club, which is creamy garlic parmesan crust. Yeah, that's got to be that. And then uh, tomatoes, spinach, mm. but there's no spinach on it. They mm. must have just run out of spinach. They're like, ah, these idiots aren't going to care. They're just a bunch of fatsos. They ordered like and, 20 pizzas. And they were right. Yeah, we don't, we don't right. actually care if they didn't put spinach these on These four are all tied for number one with me. Mm. All the ones you tried mm-hmm. are tied for number one. <laughs> That's the worst analysis <laughs> of all time. That's like saying, well, you know what? My pick for the presidential election is Mitt Romney or Barack Obama. Uh-huh. One of the two, they're tied. Back to you. That's not good. At- mm. Good analysis. We'll be right back oh, in okay. just a second. So that you just want to eat more pizza. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. More coming up. Mm. I just hope for pizza. Pizza, everybody. Mm-hmm. Here, come eat pizza. Not here. I mean, this is ours, but you this should order pizza. Uh, pizza Hut. We'll, order. we'll tell you which ones you should order for yourself when you with your, with your pizza. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Pizza. 
This is what happened in the break. We were just all stuffing our faces with this pizza. <laughs> and it's interesting because um, it, you might have said, hey, I hope they don't waste all that pizza. You need to choose hope and realize what's going to happen in one commercial break. <laughs> Look at that. I mean, those, are, those like two are completely locusts. gone. Locusts came This one's here. half gone. <clears throat> this one is more than half gone. Mm -hmm. We'll finish that in a second. This one, it's got a couple pieces out of it. Yeah, because it's veggie. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, this one's about half gone. This is a bigger pizza, too. And then this one, I don't know if anyone got this that one. one. Oh, yeah, this one's yeah, more than half done, too. Yeah. I mean, that's <clears throat> solid work for one freaking commercial break. You're watching some, you know, product, and we're, we're jamming these pizzas down our mouth. I will really say good. this. Honestly, I, I've never been a Pizza Hut fan. Mm -hmm. um, actually, one time when I was in Billings, Montana, I stopped at a Pizza Hut on my way home and ate and then proceeded to vomit the rest of the night. <laughs> kind of soured me on Pizza Hut oh, the rest of my life. Pizza Hut for you? And I, I don't know that one thing had to do with the other, but you know how you associate yeah, things you associate with once it. you vomit? Uh, and it, it ruined pizza. I, I, I didn't for a long eat pizza time, of any kind for 10 years. 10 years after ten that. 10 years, no pizza? No pizza. I could not stand pizza for 10 years. Finally got over it. But I've never Communist. recovered on, uh, as far as pizza huts. So I'm not a fan. This is absolutely delicious pizza. It's the best pizza I've ever had at Pizza Hut. All, I mean, oh, by far. I tried three of them. They're all really good. Really good. Yeah, so, so good job. I yeah, mean, doing work. something really quality here. We, we gave Domino's credit too a while ago uh, when that they changed their pizza good. up, and that was pretty good too. Mm -hmm. This, I would say, it's probably superior. I mean, these, I these it's better, really good, really mm -hmm. good. Um, and of course, I guess they still have their old pizzas too. So you, if you're in the, if you're a Pizza Hut lover, which I used to love Pizza Hut, we used to we used to ditch school and go uh, to the Pizza Hut buffet. Mm -hmm. um, they had a buffet lunch buffet. I remember that. And we would skip school. We'd leave when it was lunch, but we'd leave and then maybe skip one more class. And then go to the Pizza Hut buffet and then come back. Mm -hmm. And, oh, man, that was good because you could just mm. eat and eat and eat. We did a really good job. Back mm. then, I could really put it down. Now, I'm just, you know, obviously in great shape. Um, so uh, let's uh, finish off the uh, Day for Hope here uh, with a, a little bit of charity for you. This is a uh, Kara Simmons, a hardworking housekeeper, single mother of three, devoted all of her time. Is, is this credible with me holding pretzel crust? No. No, okay. Well, then just watch the video. All right. She gives her all to her work and her family. She cares about us very, very much. Not just us, but like anybody. If anybody needed something, she'll be there. She'd give you the shirt off her back, really, honestly. She's steadfast. I love my mom just much. <laughs> Kara has struggled in the past few years with health concerns and financial concerns, always trying to make ends meet. Kara has been in and out of the hospital battling exhaustion. So, and the very cool story here. Where obviously, she's having a tough time. Let's look. This is prank it forward of what happened during her day. Next video. Okay. All right. Okay, so Mary Jo told her this is a very important client. What Kara doesn't know is that they're actually working for us. First up, I need you to taste, test, and screen the meal that we're preparing for later. Do you have a lot of experience with tasting food? So, well, I'm gonna put it in front of you. You just kind of roll from there. Like, I wish somebody else could experience this with me. <laughs> They're not going to believe me. We got about six more courses to go. Awesome if we could warm up our hands. Other words, we'll catch cramps and everything, and that's bad. Well, please tell me you won't mind being massaged by these two gentlemen. We're doing a massage and reflexology oh. station tonight. It's a big... <laughs> Like, I so, think it's my birthday. Okay. So you going to help us? Yes, oh, thank you so much. So I have a bunch of clothes up here that I need to get rid of. But if you want something, set it aside for yourself for later. <laughs> I mean, what else am I going to do? I'm going to get rid of it and turn them on. Have a seat. Sam, got your packages for tonight. Um, I'm just going to set them down right here. Could you unload that for me while he gets okay. the other box? Never mind. <laughs> 
just yes you are you are the resident of this house this is your house no 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 i just no <laughs> maybe you don't understand we actually have some things out in the truck and it might clear it up why don't you come with me just a minute ma'am please that is awesome that is cool wow so, so i gave her the house she's this this great housekeeper the house hmm. mom she's a, a great mom takes care of her kids uh let's watch the reveal though. should we watch the reveal here we have a few seconds let's yeah. just roll the okay. last one we'll talk over it and they gave her a house they gave her it started with food she winds up with a house that's really cool. This is really cool. My name is Greg Benson. I'm an actor, and I host a show called Prank It Forward, okay. where we do good things for people who deserve some goodness. Glow and Mary Jo decided that you needed a day off to just relax and have a great day. So that's what we tried to do today. We didn't want you to work an ounce. But what they don't know, and what your family doesn't know, is that this is actually your house now. Oh, my God. Awesome. We have. I'm gonna cry. Renovated. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh no. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> That's actually awesome. That is great. That is great. Really cool job at break.com. Wow. They're getting a lot of credit for that.